Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Yes, yes. Yeah, <gasps> you jerk. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> this is my actual kryptonite right now. What even? What football are we talking about? Welcome to Things That Got Wrong, your general trivia podcast with a healthy dose of internet and media things. I'm Ryan Bott. I'm Rachel Miller. I'm Stuart Hopkins. And tonight, today, uh, right off the hills of a successful round one of the Geek Bracket, we're excited to bring back JP. Hey, everybody. How are you doing tonight? Good, good. How are you? I'm I'm doing, I'm surviving. I'm glad to be in 2021 and glad to be in a new year. Absolutely. Agreed fully. If only this one started out successfully, too. But <laughs> we'll see. But uh, yeah, we're congratulations on a big season finale to the first season. I know you're kind of you're starting to gear up for the second season. I kind of want to hear about what happened, like talk about the show and like what what's going on with the new one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so for those of you who do not know who my who I am, hello. My name is Judge JP. I am the host and creator of the Geek Bracket. It is a pop culture media trivia podcast that's focused on geek stuff. If you're into TV, gaming, uh, comic books, music, sports, uh, that's what we focus on on my show. Uh, we run it as a year-long tournament, and the last week of December was our last episode of season one. So if you are looking to see about 40 plus episodes uh, that are a backlog of geek-centric trivia, uh, take the time to check that out. Uh, I'm currently on a month-long sabbatical of, hey, season one is done, but someone has to write season two at some point. (laughs) So I am furiously writing up categories to get me to my next sabbatical in June. I'm about halfway through writing everything for the first half of season two. Uh, which is hopefully going to be kicking off with new guest experts, new contestants uh, starting in February. Nice. It's awesome. It's a cool show. And yeah, I I know if if there's people who are listening and are interested in getting involved, I know on Geek Brackets Twitter, uh, sign up forms. uh, I'm uh, again, it's been a busy couple of weeks, but hoping to get on board. I think (laughs) I think a few of us are. So uh, might even get to play against us or or do something. I don't know. Yeah, you you never know who you're going to see in the bracket. And as Ryan was saying, uh, if you do head over to at Geek Bracket Pod on Twitter, uh, the contestant application is pinned in the first post there. We would love to see a lot of new competitors coming into the bracket. We've already got a few new people scheduled in, but there's always space for more. Nice. Yeah, and we'll have it in the show notes and stuff. So that's really exciting. Um, I also figured since it's kind of the beginning of the year, uh, I feel like we've kind of done this a few times, but maybe talk about a little bit of New Year's resolutions. So my New Year's resolution um, for everyone listening was to get organized. And before we started recording uh, this particular episode, I forgot what it was. (laughs) Um, So I want the world to know it's going very well. Everything is fine. Everything is perfect. New Year 2020 is gone and everything is great. Everything is fine. (laughs) This we can hopefully definitively say is the year that 2021 actually. Yes. (laughs) Ha. That wasn't a joke a year ago that I wrote for it to pay off a year later, but there's still a chance. (laughs) Uh, Stu, what about you? Any any goals? Anything? I got to finish my basement. Uh, I've been doing ah. that uh, in the last like month or so, uh, working on that, you know, uh, learning basically everything that I need to know to do that by myself, which is pretty cool. Uh, pretty awesome. But 
I know last year I said like I wanted to play more guitar. Um, I wanted to get into composting and a couple of other things outside, which I did like half of. <laughs> so I, I kind of made it. I had plans for a compost bin, but I ended up getting a little bit too busy. Um, but yeah, so I mean, this year, I guess just uh, I'd like to hunker down and learn more about more advanced development for my professional career. And then, yeah, just, yeah. I guess, learn as much as I can and stay happy and healthy. That's yeah. pretty much it. I think we tried to start composting for a little bit because we no, also we got on try. a plant kick. Well, no, we, we got we got up to the point that we were storing old coffee grounds and like wheatgrass and random stuff in a We never tub. even got to the coffee grounds part. Well, and then we realized we're just collecting <laughs> trash and not doing anything with it. <laughs> Maybe that lasted like an hour, but I just remember us talking about it. <laughs> That's about as far as we got. Nice. There was good inspiration, but didn't get too far. It's a little tough in the city. Yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, JP? Uh, for me, I'm just kind of continuing a resolution that I started back in 2019, surprisingly enough, and I'm still going with it. Uh, back in 2019, I was quite a good deal heavier than I am now, and I switched my diet pretty, pretty severely. It's not any set specific diet, but if I had to pick anything, it's like a little bit of paleo with a good amount of Whole30 thrown in with it. Uh, over the course of the past two years, I've dropped 45 pounds. Wow. So nice. it's it's been a really good thing for me. And the best thing about it is I've just been able to stick with it. Uh, yeah. As weird as 2020 was, being at home the entire time and not traveling every other weekend really helped me solidify exactly what I'm eating and get me to eat a lot better than I was. Uh, So I'm really just kind of sticking with that in 2021. I'm just about down to the goal weight that I set for myself back in 2019. And hopefully the next five to six months, I'll actually be at the goal weight I want to be. But even beside that, I feel a hell of a lot healthier. I feel a lot more energetic than I was two years ago. And just changing all of that up helped me become a better, healthier, more engaged, more active person. So if I can keep doing that this year, I'm going to keep doing that this year. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Good and such a good testament. Like, it's so hard to to tell, you know, like, in hindsight that you feel better. It's almost one of those mm. things. It's like you have to, you know, you don't notice it as you're slowly feeling better and healthier and stuff. And then it's like, I don't know. It's it's just one of those things. It's, there's so many things. You never notice the journey you're on. So it's cool to even have the recognition that, like, this is way better (laughs) yeah and honestly like it really didn't hit me how much better i was feeling until like february of last year when i looked back at like the pictures that i'd taken at the beginning of all of this i was like i i don't recognize that guy that guy's very different than who i was now was it absolutely awful for the first couple months oh my gosh yes but it made the pay it made what i cut out and made what i I mean, didn't necessarily give up. I still have cheat days. I still, like, yeah. girl, there's a pint of ice cream down in the fridge. I'm going to get that when I want it. <laughs> but, like, but the changes that I made did pay off, and the sacrifices that I made paid off, and it felt really good to see those payoffs. That's awesome. That's and there's so much to be said about just consistency. And it's not necessarily a goal of mine, but trying to work out more consistently on a program. And my number one goal has been, like, just make it easy. I want to be sticking on this day 90 over like crashing and burning in the first Mm -hmm. week and like 
you know, tweaking my shoulder or something, trying to like lift weights or whatever. And just yeah. like make it simple, like make it almost not too easy. Cause I mean, it's, there's still hard workouts once you get through them, but you know, like not, not trying to be like every week I have to add weight or I have to do this or that. Like just keep it simple and keep it something that I know I can, I can do uh, without it being too tough and keep that up long term. Right. I do have, I have kind of one that's a little weird but it's it's the one that i've stuck with and it's i want to read every book that i own Whoa. which is frankly not a, like i don't own that many books anymore like once we moved to chicago i i got rid of a lot of stuff and i read pretty much everything uh renting from the library which i know i've talked about before but pro tip get a library card they're awesome they let you read books um <laughs> but i have probably a couple dozen books or so that like so most of them I've read There's a few that I've just sat sat around for years because like I want to read them, but I have there's always, you know, something else that I could be doing. And so that's kind of one of my goals is to like work through uh, all the books that I have. So there's probably, I don't know, a half dozen or so that I've never I've like started a couple times or I've like thumbed through, but I've never like sat down and read through. So kind of excited to do that. Nice. Um, but, and then, you know, with the show, like, I'm like, I'm so happy with where we are and I just want to like keep getting more guests, but it just kind of stay the course. And, you know, it's, it's a time where I'm not like thinking about necessarily what is coming up necessarily. I'm just enjoying like where, you know, where we're at in that process. Um, I would like to do something for like a charity or like whether a charity stream or some, something, I would love to use the show as like a catalyst to to fundraise or just do something like I don't know. I've had a cool dream of like somehow we we build this into like doing a scholarship or something to where like we could like do a scholarship for uh you know like a middle school or high school after school program or something or like sponsor a trivia club or something cool like that. I don't know. Somewhere in Chicago maybe, but yeah. That's all. Live across from an elementary school. We do. <laughs> I, and I don't know if that'll happen anytime soon or not, but it seems really cool. I really like that idea. I but, think um, um, a, a good way to go um, to give back and uh, let people know that it's not all, you know, it's not always all about listening in. It's a little bit about um, having people um, outside. Using the platform you have to yeah. give back in some way. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah, just a platform that makes knowledge cool and appreciates you know all the things that you know we stand for and so many people stand for and like just you know a way to do that would be really cool I'd, i would much rather do that i don't know i i would love to like leverage into that somehow versus like i don't know selling merch or something it'd be a cool idea i mean i would just love to find a way to continue using what we do to to give back and make a difference and stuff but uh yeah so in the meantime, though, we can get to some trivia, and uh, this is the very 59th ever episode, and five, we have nine. four rounds of questions, <laughs> five, nine, <laughs> for each of us, round robin style, to uh, earn points and vibe for uh, all the completed New Year's resolutions in the world, because that's what we're on, <laughs> and uh, so if you're ready, we'll oh, really? start uh, with Stu. Thank you. <laughs> um... So my round is called Fantastical Creatures and What They're From. Uh, these are all animalish creatures from animated shows or movies. And I'd like you to name both the show or movie they're from, as well as the character's name. 
Uh, there are no hints. It's just the straight up clue dash question. Um, and then, yeah, buzz in after the question's been read and you know it. Nice. Question number one. This large furry escort travels the skies, bringing his ragtag party members across the world on their quest to stop the burning passion of a militant leader. Ryan. Ryan. This is Appa from Avatar The Last Airbender. That is correct. <laughs> it is Appa from Avatar The Last Airbender. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep, yep. Two points to Ryan. <laughs> Question number two. I got I got figure it out if I can say this word. <laughs> um, this small Apatosaurus and his friends, a pterodactyl and a stegosaurus, are on the run from Sharptooth as they search for the hidden valley. Rachel. Ryan. Rachel. Rachel. I heard Rachel first. A, a Tale Before Time? Uh, I can't give you that one. And also, I need the character's name as well. Oh, crap. Ryan. JP. Oh, uh, <laughs> I heard Ryan again. I heard uh, Ryan before me, too. <laughs> Um, so it, oh my God, you said the thing that uh, this is, oh my, ah, you <laughs> jerk. The ta- <sighs> Clock is ticking. It's tail- gonna go to I already tried that one. So it's Littlefoot and it's the, ta- I know it. The tail before time. That's nope. Not right. I mean, ah! JP. Uh, that would be Littlefoot and that would be the land before Jesus. time. Not that it. is correct. That Darn is it. correct, and two points to JP. All I could think I was, of was Ducky. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no. Like, my, my brain also went to Ducky, because Ducky is also trivia fodder, but for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> oh, also, that was a Don Bluth movie? Yeah. I did not know that. Um, yeah, that, until was one I was, of, that was one of his, like, first big movies that I he th- did after leaving Disney. Yeah, I think so. And it had Spielberg directing it. Like, mm, it had some incredible. really big names behind the production. And I had no idea until I researched it recently. Was it only one or were there, like, a bunch of movies? No, there were, like, 12. Okay. Um, but I, I think I that... I thought I remembered a bunch of them. Like, I watched a lot of that as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, most of them the were straight point. to... Most of them were straight to VHS, yeah. but yeah, there's like, I, I, I think they're still even making them now. Oh, God. <laughs> they might be. I don't know. God, nice. you screwed me up ahead of my head, and then you said tail something, and I couldn't, couldn't get past it. I love it. Purposeful. <laughs> Question number three. His real name is Ospert, but he would much rather go by the name of his species, even when referring to himself in third person. While he himself is not a fighter, his comrade sure can fight off Mumra and the ancient spirits of evil on the third earth. Whoa. This one's a tough one. I have no idea. You'll know it as soon as you hear it. Um, Can you go through it one more time? His real name is Ospert, but he would much rather go by the name of his species and refer to himself in third person. While he himself is not a fighter, his comrades sure can fight off Mumra and the ancient spirits of evil on the third earth. This isn't just animated, right? It's just fictional. Uh, no, it's, uh, these are animated shows and movies. Okay. JP. JP. Is this BMO from Adventure Time? It's not BMO from Adventure Time. Okay. Um, third Anyone earth. else? Yeah. Anyone else want to take a yes? I don't have it. Okay. No idea. This is Snarf from the Thundercats. Oh my god. If you've ever seen the show, uh, from the 80s that is, then it'll probably ring a bell, but 
It's an older one. I grew up with it, but I, I was gonna say, what's a Thundercat? Because that is <laughs> just before me. Yeah, but. We'll leave that hang because I actually did do some Thundercats research for the Geek Bracket uh, about a couple months ago and wrote a Thundercats question, so I actually should have known that. That's okay. Follow-up question, what's a snarf? (laughs) (laughs) Do you not know? It's like the little like furry dude that's uh, a main character, Lionel. I think it's basically like his caretaker. Um, And he just just says snarf all the time. Yeah, (laughs) It's kind of like a precursor to Pokemon. I don't remember the third Earth part at all. Or... I guess that's the name of the planet that they're on. Okay. Um, yeah, I was hoping that like the Mumra and Ancient Spirits of Evil would tip it off, but uh, maybe Third Earth would catch your attention too. Thundercats. No points on that one. Uh, question number four. Much like the character he's based off of, this excellent investigator also lives on Baker Street. With his partner Dawson, they solve crimes and battle with his nemesis Radigan. JP. JP. Is this titular character Darkwing Duck? It is not Darkwing Duck. Mm. I did think about having that a question around that, though. Ryan. Ryan. This can't be right. Is it the Pink Panther? It's not the Pink Panther, no. Much Pink like the Panther's char- actually the diamond. That's true. I think it is the character, too. They do call him the Pink Panther. I think so. But it's all a detective thing. Well, yeah, 220, 221... Baker would be mm-hmm. Sherlock Holmes. Oh, mm. much, much like the character he's based off of, this excellent <laughs> investigator also lives on Baker Street. Oh, partner Dawson. They solve crimes and battle with his nemesis Radigan. Rachel, do you have a guess before we we go to half points? I'm just thinking of Pinky in the Brain, but I don't think so. No, it's not Pinky in the Brain. Uh, I don't else? know the character name, Ryan. If you want it, you can take it. I know oh. the media, but I don't know the character name. I may not have it, but I thought Inspector Gadget. Oh, it's not Inspector Gadget. Mm. Anything, JP? I know it's the Great Mouse Detective, but I have not uh, seen the film in so long. I do not remember what the name of that mouse is. Yeah, the the mouse's name is Basil. Basil. Ah. Yes. Uh, another tough one. No points. Makes sense how it lives alongside. <laughs> Wait, there was a joke in there that I completely missed. What did you say? No, I just meant like alongside uh, Sherlock oh, okay, Holmes because yeah. it's like a little mouse. Got it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no points on that one. And question number five. The oldest brother of the four from the nest, this warrior clad in red and wielding katanas, spends the evenings within New York fighting crime and defending the city. Ryan. Ryan. Donning red would be Raphael, and this would be Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, it's half right, actually. Uh, you have the oh. right media, but not the right character. Wait, in red? Mm-hmm. Did I misread the question? No, he's in red. I also had Raphael in red. <laughs> really? I'm Hang so confused. Yeah, I'm trying I to, need to make sure. To... Are we talking? Is no, it it's, the turtles, it's or did turtles. I misread it and it's like Splinter? Because oh, it... Leo is blue. Michelangelo's orange, Donatello's purple, Raphael's red. He has the oh, he doesn't have the katanas. He has well, the red is is the yeah. sights, is the little is the little swords. Uh, Don, uh, Leonardo has the sword, yeah, but he's blue. The, the real answer here is they're all black and white because that's how they debuted in the comic book star. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. So I, I, have, I think I think you might have got your color swapped. I got my color swapped around. Yeah. So originally, yep. So I had it as Leonardo. Um, so Ryan's right. 
Uh, yeah, oh, good lord, give Ryan the points. <laughs> yeah, Ryan gets two points on this one. No, in like there's, I guess there was a point to where they switched the red and the blue colors between the people, oh, and that's what I had mixed up. Oh. I was looking at an older version of it, um, which might have been like the first time that there were colors in the comic book or something. Mm. Um, so, I do vaguely remember, maybe in very early on, they all had the same color, and then they switched up for like better identity. Maybe I'm not sure, but sorry about that one. Uh, that is definitely uh, two points to Ryan, though. <laughs> if you need further verification, I can go through a lot more TMNT <laughs> Question number six, and the last question of the round. Sporting a blue hair tie that holds her ears back like a ponytail, this athletic tomboy knows how to sink baskets. She's Rachel. played... JP. Oh, hang on. Uh, she's played on the court with some famous talents, such as Larry Bird, Charles Barkley, and Larry Johnson. <laughs> I'm assuming that everybody knows this one. So if we want to do a, a round robin to lock in your answers, we can do that. Uh, we're going to start with Rachel. Lola Bunny. And the media? Oh, this would be um, Space Jam. Uh, let's go with JP. Oh, I think I'm wrong now. Uh, I had Skeeter from the Muppet Babies. Oh, <laughs> uh, and then Ryan, what did you have? Uh, I also put Lola, as I think it's Lola Rabbit, and Space Jam slash Looney Tunes. Uh, I assume Space Jam, but yeah. Yes, uh, it is Lola Bunny uh, from Space Jam. Fun so fact, be... I've never actually seen Space Jam. I've just seen enough what? memes to know oh, everyone who's in it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, so, also fun fact, um, JP, because it's your second time on the show, I am woefully unexposed to a lot of media. <laughs> and things because i i lived a very um i don't know i don't know what the word for it is ryan you had pbs or or, that was it i had pbs <laughs> growing up Lack so i know luster. everything about pbs but we, we, it was uh very, very closed <laughs> also yeah. fun fact space jam the soundtrack is the very first piece of music i ever owned and i had it on cassette yes. <laughs> Yes. Oh, fun fact. Sorry. Another fun <laughs> fact, just because it happened this week and it's hilarious. Long before the days of Baby Shark, there was a song called Baby Beluga. Yes. And that's the song I grew up to. And I had forgotten it until my mom texted me that the guy who wrote it, she had said something about it on Twitter. Um, and she got so excited when he liked her tweet about Baby Beluga. So, for everyone out there, before Baby Shark, there was Baby Beluga. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It was just... Fun fact! Fun fact. That's how I felt when Geeks Who Drink followed us. Or when um, all the Blues Brothers Instagram accounts started following me. <laughs> Fun fact! Uh, that would be two points to Rachel and two points to Ryan on that last question. And thus ends my round. All right. Uh, real quick, uh, Rachel with two, JP with two, myself with six, and Stu technically just holding down the fort. That's fine. Uh, We've made it a nice place over the years. <laughs> yeah, it is. I lock up here, so that's why I'm always the last one in the fort. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like Sam, just locking up the bar. Uh, all right, Rachel, it is. It's your turn. <laughs> Okay, guys, so I like history. We all like funny things. So let's talk about historical humor. We're going to talk about um, 
books and literature that have been qualified as comedies, as in so much as they can be considered comedies in literature. Um, what I'm going to do is give you a whole bunch of facts that are generally relevant to the book. They might have plot if they were, you know, um, highly read ones, say like if they're generally done in U.S. high schools um, or colleges. Um, otherwise, they could be have facts about publishing, the authors, basically things to help you get there. Um, but I'm going to give you the list of facts, and that's all you get from me. And you have to give me a title. Alrighty. So this book was first published in print in 1623. Its main characters include Benedict, Beatrice, and Hero. The general plot line follows that of uh, many of this author's comedies, which is lovers who have been tricked. And eventually, they're vindicated as to finding their true love. It was first performed in 1612. JP. JP, go ahead. Is this the... Oh, gosh. Oh. Uh, let's go Twelfth Night. You're by the... You're in the right author? Yeah. Wrong, yeah. wrong one. It was, it was the wrong one. The early 1600s has to be Shakespeare. Yeah. And especially yeah. if you performed it, I just... I mean, I can take a stab, but I don't have a... I don't know. I will um, let you guys know that he did write many comedies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Ryan, you can go ahead if you want to take right. your stab. I don't even know if it's a comedy. I don't know Shakespeare that well, to be honest. Uh, is Taming of the Shrew Twelfth Night, or is that different? It's, different. it's different. It's different. different. That was my guess, Also too. wrong, but oh. different. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, would you like to take a guess? I got nothing else. That was going to be Taming of the Shrew, so... <laughs> Okay, so this is one that I knew that some of my friends read in high school. Um, this is Much Ado About Nothing. Uh, my second guess was going to be Comedy of Errors. I didn't know I thought about that one, but I oh. thought that would be everyone's the, uh, the first one everyone jumped to. Mm -hmm. You would think. That's the, that's the world is a stage and we're all fools, or whatever, however that line goes. Yep. Okay, question number two. Um, now, before I get going on the facts on this one, this is one that I haven't read, but I hear referenced all of the time. It was published in 1980, actually, 11 years after John, author John Kennedy Toole committed suicide. Um, the title refers to both a lost faction and a type of cap. It's famous for its depictions of New Orleans. Oh. That is it. Any guesses? Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Uh, shout out to misinformation, because this is how I remember this. Uh, it is the Confederacy of Dunces. Absolutely. Two points to you, Ryan. Nice job. Okay. Question number three. This particular book was published in two parts, one in 1605 and one in 1615. I'm going to say right now, it's not Shakespeare. <laughs> it is often referred to as the first modern novel. It's all about... A knight errant, also known as the Gentleman of La Mancha. JP. Go ahead, JP. Uh, this is Don Quixote. Yes. Oh. Two points to JP there. Um, question number four is a book after my own heart. Um, I'll go ahead and give you guys a hint right now. Um, one of my great passions in life is French. So this is the realm we're in for question number four. Um, this one was written in 1759 by one of France's most famous authors, 
It concerns the slow disillusionment by its titular character. Um, the book was subsequently banned for thinly veiled sedition toward the then, but not very long to last, monarchy. This is a name everyone knows. And I believe this is one of the most well-known books. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. I don't know if it's right, but it's the Jeopardy question we always talk about when it comes up. Is this Lolita? No, Lolita's um, a Russian author and he's still alive. That's true. It is Russian. (laughs) Not 1759. I did a round on this. Okay, if there's no more guesses, um, I mean, this is actually Voltaire's Candide. Or the the Optimism. And uh, the main character, which is why I said titular main character, is Candide. Mm-hmm. I've read Voltaire. Same. I was off on like a Moliere tangent. I think I'm still stuck in question one when we were with Bill Shakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Question number five. Um, I chose this one largely because I like its title. Um, and I hope you guys can get it from there. Um, it was actually written in the first century AD. Um, its title betrays the type of humor it gives. Um, the, I, the author is, um, called Petronius. I haven't read the book, but it sounds kind of like patronizing, which kind of fits with the type of literature it is. Um, and it's also known as one of the greatest works in Western literature. I know I'd heard of it before. I hadn't read it. First century AD. Title betrays the type of humor. Author is Petronius, and it's considered one of the greatest works of Western literature. JP. Go ahead, JP. I'm going to just say The Farce. You're getting close. Um, Any other guesses? It's called The Satyricon. Fits with the type of humor. (laughs) (laughs) I've never heard of that. What's the name of the the Halloween one we had? The the Numenomicon or whatever? Necronomicon. Necronomicon, Necronomicon, that's right. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For the record, this is my favorite kind of round, but also because I'm like a history and book nerd person. Um, Question number six. This book was written in 1889, all about time travel, by our beloved American humorist. JP. Go ahead, JP. Uh, This is a Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court. That is absolutely correct, and it's a commentary on chivalry. Oh, nicely done. Two points to JP. Ryan, it's halftime. Where are we at with our scores? Uh, I have Rachel with two, JP with six, myself with eight, Stu just holding down the fort, and uh, JP, whenever you're ready. All right, so rumor has it that there are some people that may or may not be in this podcast right now that are interested in being part of season two of the Geek Bracket. So I thought, why don't I bring the Geek Bracket into this podcast? So what I have done is I've taken uh, some leftover final bet questions, which those of you who are not familiar with the format of my show, the final bet is a final two-part question uh, where the question has two correct answers or more sometimes. Uh, And your goal is to give both correct answers to basically get a bunch of points at the end of the game. 
We are going to dial that back a bit. Um, for each of the questions that I'm going to be asking, all you have to do is give me one of the two correct answers. So that's a little bit gentler there. And uh, if you want to give me the second answer too, we'll just call that swag points on top of the normal points that we give out per question. Fair enough. Now, since we are doing this in the style of my show, I am not going to pick the six questions that you are choosing. I am instead going to ask you all to choose your questions. So I have posted eight topics uh, that you are going to be able to select your questions from, and then anyone can then try to lock in and answer the question. So your categories for today's Geek Bracket uh, exhibition are, and I made the category titles more accessible than my esoteric category titles that I write for my show. Because the amount of comments I get about my esoteric category titles, I'm just like, y'all, y'all, they ain't that hard. Anyway, my category titles are 80s Animation International, Atari, The Beatles, Controversial Comic Books, Football Records, IMDb Top 25, Lit opening lines and Smithsonian space stuff. <laughs> uh, normally with my show, we let the person who is in third place choose the first category. So Stu, that is going to fall to you. Which of those eight do you want a question from first? Um, I'm, there's two that I definitely want, uh, but I'm going to have to lean into Atari. Atari. Again, lock in whenever you feel you know the answer in Atari. So are we all going to be able to guess? Or yep. Guess? Okay. Cool. As I'm reading, if you think you know one of the two answers, feel free to lock in. All right. Atari's best-selling game for the 2600 was their port of Pac-Man in 1982, selling over 7 million copies. The two best non-Atari developed titles were released in 1981 a platformer from Activision selling 4.5 million units and an action game licensed Ryan uh, Pitfall you want to take a stab at what the other one is you said an adventure sorry I, I shouldn't cut you off but yeah you <laughs> I was cut me the off when finish. I said yeah. <laughs> it was an action game by Sega licensed by and that is when you cut me off Contra? It's not. That can't be. Nah, Contra is a little bit too late for yeah. that. I will give you the two points, though, because uh, the title I was talking about from Activision was indeed Pitfall. Uh, the Sega licensed by Parker Brothers game that sold 2.2 million units. This is one that surprised me because uh, Parker Brothers Larson licensed Frogger as the oh. other best selling game for the 2600. Wow. But Pitfall is good for two points for Ryan. Uh, with Atari out of the way, Rachel, you're up next. Which category would you like? Um, international. Uh, so that is 80s Animation International. Oh, uh, sorry. I looked at your, your punctuation and I, I missaw that. Um, let's do lit opening lines. Lit opening lines. In the category of literature opening lines... What young adult science fiction book from 1962 opens with the line, it was a dark and stormy night? Additionally, who was the author of this book? Ryan. Ryan. Not 100%, but I'm 
got to take a stab that it's Brave New World? It is not Brave New World. Oh. Oh, um. Oh. Oh. Jesus, I know this. If no. Oh. I, if no one has a guess, I do have an additional follow-up clue. That'd be great. I think I have a second guess. Okay. So let me give the follow-up clue real quick, and then we'll give Stu and Rachel a chance, and then we'll open it back up for more guesses. The additional clue is it was also adapted by Disney into a film that featured Oprah in the cast in 2019. I know what this is. Oh, I know what this is. Oh, oh. Crap. Um, this... I know, I think, I know the author. The author will get you full points. Is the author Diana Wynne-Jones? Author is not Diana Wynne-Jones. Oh, but I know the author. It's the, uh, Miss, Mrs. Uh, uh, oh my, you can tell I'm there. It's Mrs. Who, Mrs. Who, Mrs. What's it? Um, this is, I know what this is. This is so <laughs> Stu, I can tell from your expression right now, you have no idea what's going on right now. <laughs> I, um, like, I know <sighs> the line is so familiar to me, and I feel like this is one of the books that I've actually read. Um, I'm just trying to think of what was released. You said it was 2019, and Oprah was in the cast of whatever this Disney thing is? Sorry, 2018. 2018, okay. 2018. Now I'm second-guessing. You said movie, and I was more sure, and then Disney, I was less sure. Mm. Oprah, I was least sure. <laughs> it's actually a pretty decent adaptation. I've read the book, I've seen the movie, I can't think of the title. Or the author. It's I'll, great. I'll, I'll open the floor up to anybody else who wants a guess. Ryan, you sounded like you might have had a second uh, guess. Well, when I was thinking of 60s era sci-fi books, I assumed if you were going to say Clock Strike 11, I was going to know it was 1984. Though I went with the other one, so my other other one, I'm just gonna say is Clockwork Orange. Although I don't think that's right. It's, not, it's a friendlier book. Yeah, I was about to say I don't okay. think we. Uh, I would typify a Clockwork Orange as a work of young adult literature. Maybe I miss. Maybe I breezed past that part. <laughs> I mean, I heard like sci-fi. I I read a Clockwork Orange when I was 16, and I turned out <laughs> like this. <laughs> oh, it's. Oh, I know it. I know it. I know it. Go for it. Go for it, Rachel. It's a wrinkle in time. (laughs) Darn right it's a wrinkle in time. Who's the author? Do not know. (laughs) It is Madeline Lengel. She is a French author. I got stuck on Diana Wynne-Jones, but Diana Wynne-Jones was like Howl's Moving Castle and all that jazz. Indeed. But you are exactly right. It was a dark and stormy night. Opened the book A Wrinkle in Time by Madeline Lengel. Two points to Rachel. effort to get to. Yeah, uh, no, my dumbass brain, uh, I read lit opening lines and I thought that this was like really radical opening lines to movies, you know, like that that line was lit, not literature. <laughs> and so I was all geared up for like the coolest opening lines you could have. It was a dark and stormy night. <laughs> Whoa. That shows, yeah, my uh, level of intelligence there. It's lit. <laughs> that line was lit, might be our show title. <laughs> um, I'm a little, I want to go top 25, but I'm a little afraid it's too easy sounding and I'm going to have no idea. 
So I'm going to go football records first. Ooh, going with the sports category on football sports, records. We don't get much sports ball you, around here. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, no. you have a monopoly on this question, by the way. <laughs> like, <laughs> We'll see what happens here because I think we're going to be a little surprised by the football that's going to be coming at y'all. So in the category of football records, at the Olympic Games, the U.S. women's football team has dominated with four wins across six tournaments. In the men's play, only two teams have three total wins. Name one of the two countries. Wait, three to- as in three championships? They have won three, three Olympic titles in okay. football. Rachel. Rachel. France. France is incorrect. Ryan. Ryan. Brazil. Brazil is incorrect. Oh. Stu? Stu. Germany? Germany is incorrect. Here is a follow-up hint for everyone to try to get up to full points. One country's last win was in 1912. The other, their final win was in 1968. What football are we talking about? <laughs> uh, we, we're, we're talking about football. Yeah, football? <laughs> football, yes. Ah, yes, okay. Yeah, no, what, what did you think we were talking about? Like, uh, the, the, the thing where you, like, pick something up and throw it? That's weird. That's not football. The sport of barbarians. Uh, <laughs> wait, last... I'm so confused now. <laughs> Ryan comes in swinging. <laughs> the so the last two teams to have won three. Medals? So they've won. They've won three total golds. Okay. They may have won other medals, but they've won only sure. three total golds. And their last was in 1912. And one country's last win was in 1912. The other was in 1968. I have a guess. Whoa. For Take a stab at it, Stu. Russia? Russia is incorrect. Uh, Ryan. Ryan. I know they're also somewhere up there. The Netherlands? The Netherlands is also incorrect. What? Even? <laughs> what football are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the one where you kick the round ball into the big net. Then. <laughs> where the ball hits your foot. Uh, Rachel, you got a guess before we pack it in? Um... Switzerland. Ah, Switzerland. We're getting closer to one of the answers. Still not right. Uh, So the country that last won in 1912, uh, that was the United Kingdom. They've had other medals since, but uh, their last gold was in 1912. 1968 was the one that surprised me. That was Hungary, surprisingly enough. Like, randomly, Hungary was really hot in the middle of the 1900s and racked up three golds. So, nice. full hungry stuff for victory. Yeah, hungry for victory. Unfortunately, <laughs> I got. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> oh, that that pun was horrible, but we love you for it, Stu. Thank you. <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> it's going on the list. Well, uh, unfortunately, uh, hungry is going to gobble up all the points that were there for anybody. No one getting any points on that football question. But Stu, we are back around to you. What would you like? Question four to be in this round. Uh, Let's go with the Beatles. The Beatles. All right. Well, in the music category of the Beatles, the album, the Beatles, also known as the White Album because of its minimalist design, 
is the Beatles' highest-selling studio album, going 24 times platinum by sales, according to the RIAA. Name one of the other two studio albums to have double-digit RIAA platinum levels of certified sales. Ryan. Stu. Oh. Ryan got gotcha. you. So I do not know my Beatles, uh, quite frankly, but at least from what I remember in trivia, I'm going to say Revolver. Revolver is incorrect. Uh, so, Stu, you got a chance at it. Abbey Road? Abbey Road went 12 times platinum. You want to take a stab That's at a the other one? Way better uh, answer. One? One is not a studio album. That's a okay. compilation album. That's a compilation so that album. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a compilation album. I think it went... I don't have that data here, so I'm not going to say yeah. that did end up going um, multi-times yeah. platinum, but is it was it, a compilation instead of studio. Okay. Is it Sgt. Pepper? It is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely nice. Hearts Club Band that went 11 times platinum. I should have went with that. Revol- was Revolver the last one as a band that they did? I want to say that, that sounds right? correct. I think that's the trivia tidbit I remember that yeah. sticks out to me. Yeah, I'd have to go back and research that. I only have data on the uh, more than 10 times platinum club here, which was Abbey Road and Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. But that is two points for Stu, and you're out of the fort. Sweet. (laughs) Uh, Rachel, we're back around to you. Question five, where are we going? And now you're in a yellow submarine. Yeah, (laughs) walking down Abbey Road. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's do controversial comic books. All right. Controversial comic books. Side note, this is kind of a paragraph. I'm going to post this in chat as soon as I fix my spelling problems. Amazing Spider-Man number 96 through 98 were highly notable due to Stan Lee deciding to publish these books unabridged and without the Comics Authority stamp on his books due to their depictions of drug use, although the drug use depicted was negative. Who was the drug user? in this three-book arc? And what DC Comics character was depicted a month later dealing with a heroin addiction? A direct response to the Marvel depiction of this issue. You wanted controversial stuff in comic books? Let's swing our way back to the 60s. (laughs) Right. So now I'm trying to think of, like, mirror characters. I do have an additional hint Maybe if you not. all would like know. it. I think that'd be good. Okay. Sure. Uh, the Marvel character in question was, at the time, Peter Parker's roommate. The DC character in question was a sidekick of a Justice League member. Ryan. Go ahead, Ryan. Um, oh, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, Gray something? The character that's Robin? Uh, Dick Grayson is not correct. Dick Grayson. This is honestly one of the ones I was afraid of because it's one of the ones on this board that plays especially hard. It's a cool one, though. Give me another moment. I, like, I want to thumb through everything in my brain for this one. Okay, take time. Just literally flipping like comic book entries. <laughs> like the Marvel opening start. <laughs> remember i used to have a collection of batman comics i've got a bunch of old wonder womans downstairs that are not collecting dust because they're in a temperature protected case but yeah i don't have it nothing mm. Stu, looks like it's on you if you got something to pull i can't remember the last name is it is peter parker's roommate harry 
I'm I don't know. I don't know. Last, everybody don't, else. His roommate is Harry. I can't I, remember his last name. That's my problem. Um, wait, is it like the iconic Harry? Yeah. Without giving away the last name. Yeah. So if you can take it, go for it. It's fine. I mean, I don't mind if you have the points. But is it Oswald? Not Oswald. Oh, okay. That's I was yeah. thinking of it. It's was, it's but... real close. I think I'm gonna give Stu one um, point because you got Osborne? the first. Osborne. Yes. Okay, there we go. Oh, All right. Yeah. Oswald Christ. got me there, but yeah. Right, yeah. But yeah, uh, I you eventually got there from talking it out, so I'm going to give you full points. I think that's fair. Thanks. Yeah, that because I mean, like you you got close enough that I would have prompted you to give me more information on my show. You got there eventually. We'll give you the points. Thanks. But yeah, uh, Harry Osborne was the DC character in question, uh, who would later go on to become the Green Goblin after his father passed away. Uh, the DC character in question was Speedy or Roy Harper, who was. Um, oh. Uh, compared the to the Green Arrow. Oh, uh, the Green Arrow, okay, yeah. Uh, green Arrow or The Flash, I'd have to double check I'm that sure it was Green quick. Arrow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, really Harry annoyed Os- I said Oswald. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Harry Osborn and Speedy were your answers for those characters in those books. Two points to Stu. Nice. And that means, Ryan, you've got your choice of question six remaining. Oh. We have 80s Animation International. We have IMDb Top 25, and then we have Smithsonian Space Stuff. What do you want our last question to be? There are some good ones there. Uh, I'll take IMDb Top 25 just because I said it earlier. All right. But I'm quite curious about the other ones. All right. For another day. This is a nice and short one in the category of theater for IMDb Top 25. Of the current Top 25, and I did check it today before I came in, uh, only two... (laughs) Of the films are non-English. Name either of them. Uh, when when is this just the top twenty-five overall Ooh. time? Top twenty-five ratings. Top, top twenty-five. Top twenty-five all time. Rachel. Rachel. The artist. Uh, the artist is a silent film, and the voice work. But it's that, French. But it, but the voice work that happens is in English. So Only it if is it's dubbed. <laughs> no, I'm just Silence curious. I'm really language. curious. Yeah, uh, the artist is also not in the top twenty-five either. Okay, that was my that was the one I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. I do have I, a follow-up hint for this one as well, but Stu, it looks like you have a guess as well. I don't know the title of the movie. I can mm. like, I'm pretty sure that it's from uh, Korea, um, but I cannot think of oh. the title of the movie. There's no way that's two. a top twenty-five. Art. Yeah, it is. It's dude. It's I've... for a foreign language film. Oh, yeah. It's huge. I'll take a guess. Go ahead, Ryan. I don't know if I'm on the same page as you, but uh, the movie that just came out, or not just came out, but a year or so ago to critical acclaim, is it Parasite? Uh, I would need to double check. I believe Parasite is outside the top I don't, 25. I just can't imagine that being top 25 already. I just yeah, know that there's I, a lot I of buzz think, around it, so yeah. that's yeah, why. Yeah, there I, was a lot of buzz around it. Let me grab... But thank you, because I couldn't think of the title. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So. Uh, Parasite is number 30 right now, so that's outside the top 25. Close. I have one. I was actually going to say I have hints to give, and then, Rachel, we can cue you up after the hints. Okay. One of the movies is a 2002 Brazilian film by director Fernando Mieres. Oh, wow. Ooh, that's a a name. Let's try that again. Fernando Mieres. And the other is a 1954 Japanese film 
by Akira Kurosawa. Oh, oh. I get next after Rachel if she doesn't get it. Uh, well, actually, mine's a Spanish one, so it might be wrong. Mm. Um, I have Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth is not correct. Stu, what That's you got? Is this uh, Godzilla? It is not Godzilla. Oh, okay. I, Kurosawa. So I'm not sure which one is considered like the top, but uh, I'll go with Seven Samurai. What was the other one you were thinking of? That was the only one that I could like actually pull definitively. I can't. I'm trying to mm. think. That that's that's my answer. That's okay. I, I mean, Seven Samurai is 19, so it's right. So you got it. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, the other one, uh, the 2002 film from Brazil, is City of God. Got remade yeah. into oh, a Jesus. series. Yeah. Uh, same production team, same director, uh, same writers behind it. Uh, but it originally started as a Brazilian film about life in the favelas. Uh, and it's in the top 25. I was going to say it's supposed to be amazing, but that's very obvious considering mm-hmm. it's top 25. <laughs> Indeed. I've never seen it, but. But yeah, your two uh, films that are not in English in the IMDb top 25 are City of God from Brazil and from Japan, the Kurosawa classic Seven Samurai, two points to Ryan. And that was my semi-preview of the format on my show and a little bit of the difficulty of those questions sometimes. But honestly, well done. There was only one full stump on the whole thing. Nice so. job, everybody. Nice. That was fun. Nice. That was really cool. That was fun. I like that style of picking, picking questions. Um, all right. So I have the scores as Stu and Rachel with four, JP with six, and myself with 12 crazy but uh i think we'll get caught up quickly uh i think this might be a fairly easy round but i'm super excited because this is a uh, viewer submitted round Ooh. Uh, from hey. our good friend ann who if you remember the uh eurovision song competition round um this is ann from esc as in uh eurovision song competition esc armchair.blackspot.co.uk uh she wrote in saying uh, hello again uh, she's awesome to hear from uh, the, this is a game that is derived from a BBC show called in the UK called Richard Osmond's House of Games, uh, which I had never heard of. And I, I looked at it a little bit. It does look really, really cool. But uh, this is a game um, that I am renaming. I don't know if it has a proper name, but I am naming Anagram Slam <laughs> nice. because uh, oh, no. I have uh, each question will have two separate segments and the answer will be two words that are anagrams of each other so they oh share the same gosh. letters i am good at trivia and i am awful at wordplay <laughs> this is my actual kryptonite right now welcome to my world my brain can't make oh, sense of man them. so anagram slam uh so as a template example question if i said to gradually melt and then Word used to start a question. So you need two separate words, but they're an anagram of each other. They all share the same letters. To gradually melt in a word used to start a question. Maybe this won't be so easy. <laughs> uh, okay, so who, what, where, when, why, how... Is this in reference to the question or are you just exclaiming right now? No, I'm just, I'm trying to work through like, (laughs) I'm trying to work through like my question words from when I was in third grade and hoping that it takes me somewhere. (laughs) I'm just trying to think 
to gradually melt? Melt? It was defrost, but that doesn't yeah. work. I had dissolve, but that's that's way too many so letters. Maybe as a second clue, uh, if if we need them, I'll give you how many letters are in each word. So this but, one has four okay. letters. So who? No, that's three. What? <laughs> what? What has four letters? Can when has four letters? Yeah. Why is? Three? Oh, it's one in thought. It's one yeah, in yeah, thought. I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Can we write do down this. like what our thoughts are on paper uh, to help yeah, us? Yeah, I, I suppose so. Yeah. Okay. Okay, Ryan. Um, when, when we do these rounds, we gotta do them earlier in the day. <laughs> Brain cells have been working hard all day trying to dissect hard things, and they and and you ask the question, and my brain cells go, "Huh?" <laughs> and then and everything just like, grinds together. It just stops. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in case you're curious, Rachel, huh is not a word that starts a question. Per the original. <laughs> uh, well, you guys will all be happy to know that that was the example question. <laughs> Does it only get harder from here? Uh, well, I don't know. I thought this would be a fairly easy round, but maybe Let's I guess this. when it's in front of you, it's, it's way easier than it appears. Um, Sorry, right, question number one. What Shylock wants in Merchant of Venice and where the elf sits at Christmas? Oh, what JP. Shy- JP. Uh, flesh and shelf. Yes, it is. Uh, a pound of flesh and uh, the elf on the shelf. And uh, something record, out of... I was caught with the first three three letter three words that you said ryan and i just didn't i, I didn't get past there <laughs> and i also now have like the cthulian vision of just like a shelf made of flesh right yeah, now in my shelf. head and i'm just like God. i don't like this this is weird and i'm not okay <laughs> it's better than last time you're on the show i was gonna say like i think that maybe there's like a recurring theme with like fleshy things uh <laughs> not a good thing if you're not sure what we're talking about right now, go back and listen to my previous appearance on the episode. It's very good. <laughs> I believe that was half past the Canadian wood. Pack. I think so. Yep. Yeah. I did the cartoons one. Yeah, that's right. All right. Uh, two points to JP there. Question number two. A birthday gift. An alternative name for snake. A birthday gift. Alternative name for snake. I feel like my voice is doing the JP. JP. <laughs> JP. Maybe I'm better at this than I thought. A present and serpent. That is correct. <sighs> I, got stuck I feel my voice going lower and doing the like zoned in thing like JP does. <laughs> All right. Present and serpent. Two points to JP there. Question number three. U.S. politician. Betrayal of one's country. U.S. politician, betrayal of one's country. Rachel. Rachel. Senator in treason? Yes. Mm. Senator in treason. I get the first word right every single time. (laughs) And then I just like, you know, just be stupid on the second one and like don't match anything with it. (laughs) This is the first time that I've understood the question. (laughs) (laughs) So... You're doing a lot better than me, Stu. <laughs> Senator in treason. Two points to Rachel on that one. Question number four. Body of water 
paddle propelled boat. Body of water, paddle propelled boat. Oh, JP. JP. Ocean and canoe. That is correct. I, I had both of those down and I was just like, but there's an S in one of those. No, there's not an S in that word. <laughs> Stu, you're looking like you had a similar train of thought. I'm just so, fr- I get the first word right, like instantaneously. And then my brain just like doesn't you go on. You just need to like throw the Scrabble letters and see what pops up. Seriously. <laughs> All right. Two points. Of, uh, sorry. Two points to JP there. I'll take them. <laughs> Question number five. Quickly in Spanish, positive particle. Quickly in Spanish, positive particle. Oh, JP. JP. Sorry, my Spanish was blinding me. Uh, this is pronto and proton. Yes, it is. I got stuck at Andalay. I was on Rapido, I was on Andelay, and then I was like, oh, positive particle, that's a proton. Where's that the... one was a oh, little, okay. yeah, that was one I, I even thought about a little bit because I, I had to refresh my memory on Spanish if that was proper or if it, that was, it's also a word in Italian, but it, mm-hmm. it's similar but slightly different, I think. Um, yeah, two points to JP there. Question number six, last question of the game. A thin computer, a smaller fight within the larger war. Wait, no, 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 no. A thin computer, a smaller fight within the larger war. I like seeing the jotting down of notes right now. (laughs) I know what the second one is, if someone has the first one. I don't have the first one. I also think I have the second one. And I'm kind of, this is the first time that I'm like, a letter count might be helpful because I have six letters for the first one and eight letters for the second. I don't know which is right. I also don't know if I've spelled the second one right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stew, 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 stew. Stew. Battle and tap. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. (laughs) Yes, yes. Battle and tablet. That there is we go. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> yeah, I was off. I had skirmish. Ooh. I also had skirmish for the second one. I couldn't get away from skirmish to save my life. Yeah, me neither. All right, that's a more usable round than I thought. I was excited <laughs> just because it was fun, but that's a. I'm happy with that. Uh, all right, that is the uh, end of the game. Uh, the scores I have are Stu with six, Rachel with six, and then 14 to 12. Uh, JP doing better than he thought oh, on that last geez. round. Congratulations. Oh, <laughs> nice job. Well done. Well played, everybody. First of the year. Yeah. Woo. The year 2021. <laughs> <laughs> nice job. Uh, yeah, that was super fun. Uh, and that is the end of the game, and we can get to a couple picks where each episode a couple of us give a movie experience, game, something cool like that we recommend you check out. And uh, Rachel, today you have a pick. I do have a pick. So um, I mentioned uh, before we started going, actually, kind of like as we're getting going in the show, is that uh, one of my goals for this year was getting organized. Not going great, but I'm trying. Um is, and um, in doing so, something I've done every year is get a whole bunch of planners. My life 
is organized in a million different planners. You know, I have master bullet journal. I have planners just for what I'm eating and for exercise, for work stuff, for different work stuff, for daily work stuff, and for <laughs> weekly stuff. And so um, what I'm recommending is what I call like a weekly planner pad. So what they are is they're undated, but they're specifically made week by week. Now I like these a lot more than your traditional calendar because your weeks can shape up a lot differently. And um, I start my weeks, say, on Mondays. Um, and so what it provides is a lot more space, a lot more editing room, and a lot more versatility for what you need it. And, for example, if you take a week off, you don't miss anything and you don't actually lose space. And oftentimes they last a lot longer than the year, at least in my case. Um, so the one that I'm going to currently recommend, although... I will preface this by saying there is a million different types of these on Amazon, so you can find one that fits your needs. Um, is So the one that I actually have right up in front of me is called the Bliss Collections Essential Weekly Planner. Um, we'll post it in the show notes. Um, it's essentially, it on the left-hand side, it has a top priorities list, um, and then it has the weeks, and then it has tasks that need to be done, description of the day, the year, um, basically everything you need to do to get everything done. It's very helpful to know exactly what's going on and when. It also allows for enough space to make changes where needed. Nice. Yeah, very cool. Uh, definitely, yeah, we'll have some of the specific ones in the show notes, but yeah, I assume any kind of monthly planner or weekly, weekly. planner, sorry. Yeah, will be cool. Um, I have a pick as well. Uh, mine's sort of a couple picks, but uh, in the the realm of work, then it kind of in um, always nice to be learning new stuff, especially start of the year to maybe take on some new learning. Uh, mine is uh, freecodecamp.org, which is a really cool site. Um, and then kind of two subsequent ones, but freecodecamp.org and then girlswhocode.com uh, are both nonprofits. Um, free code camp is basically, basically, uh, everything you need to really get started learning from code, no matter what level you're on. Um, it's nonprofit. Uh, I think the, the guy named Quincy who started it, uh, is a really cool guy. He was actually, um, from Oklahoma city originally, um, but develops these courses. Um, there's some partner programs with like everything from like the big tech companies out there, but you can basically get started with anything from simple kind of HTML and just kind of basic exercises all the way to like cloud architecture and react like some of the heavy, some of like the more heavy stuff. Um, it's a really cool way to go through stuff. They have sort of a certificate program as well. Uh, it's a really great way to just learn new stuff. Even I took one a week or two ago on something I already feel like I know pretty well and I learned two or three new tips in it and uh, it's a great way to just refresh stuff and um, you know no matter where you're coming to it from uh, it's a really great way to just kind of learn some code learn more you know just getting more comfortable in front of the computer if that's something you're, you're trying to get into and then um, girls who code is a little bit different obviously their objective is you know bringing tech and STEM and things like that to, uh, you know, females in the U S and international. Um, they do a lot more kind of, uh, setting up like summer programs and clubs for high school, middle school, um, college and things like that. And this is a really cool one. Um, 
it's code focused, but there's also a lot more just kind of critical thinking curriculum and some really cool stuff. Uh, they have an amazing program just in general. Uh, so one that, you know, I love to be able to try to support. Um, but yeah, no matter where you are in that, if obviously everyone needs to be tech literate, I assume everyone listening to this podcast is probably to a pretty good extent, but if you want to dive into code or learn some new stuff, it's definitely a cool one to dive into. So yeah. Nice. Awesome. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. It's a good way to get started on stuff. So we'll have the, the links, but freecodecamp.org, girlswhocode.com. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what I got there. And, uh, <laughs> It's a lot. Code what is I so there, moving on. Code is so <laughs> exhausting. There's you'll there's never like you'll never learn at all. Um and even just going back to the fundamentals sometimes is is great to do. Um so no matter where you're at, it's always fun to to dive into that a little bit more. Um uh, but yeah, and then if you're listening and you have something that we could shout out or a new round topic or anything like that, uh we've been excited to have a couple of those come in. Uh things that got wrong at gmail.com, the website things that got wrong.com. And uh, the next episode will be out around late January, so stick tuned to that. And uh, Stu and Rachel here on the team. And then uh, JP, again, thanks for coming back on. It was awesome. Hey, it's been my pleasure. If you ever have a slot, I'm always willing to come in and be here with you guys. You always are gracious hosts, and I always enjoy being part of Things I Got Wrong. Yeah, we would uh, love to have you back again uh, sooner than later. But uh, yeah, before you get started, shout out Geekbrag one more time. What's going on? How everyone can get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, check us out uh, at Geek Bracket Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can find us if you search for The Geek Bracket in your podcasting app of choice. Uh, don't have a website up quite yet for the show. That's uh, part of the getting everything ready here during January before season two kicks off. And if you'd like to be a part of season two, contestant application is at the top of my Twitter feed and Facebook page. Yeah, check it out. I think we'll be signing up as well. So excited to to be a part and help in any way we can and promote it and everything. You're doing really awesome stuff. So just cool to hear about it and get involved. So yeah, thanks Stu and Rachel here. I appreciate it. And uh, thank on you, to Ryan. A, thank you. And uh, on to a new year. And until next time, we'll see you later. Bye.